Welcome to the second series of the Birmingham Lit Fest Presents podcast. We're really excited to be back for a second season and to be able to continue to connect readers and writers in the Midlands and far beyond. You can download our podcast episodes from all the places you would normally get your podcasts every Thursday and follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at BHamLitFest. All of our festival events can be found on our website www.birminghamliteraturefestival.org. In June 2021, we hosted an online live event with author Kayla Bazuma Nelson about his debut novel, Open Water. In conversation with Birmingham Poet Laureate, Casey Bailey, they talk about Caleb's beautiful love story about two young artists who meet at a pub and the novel's broader discussion of race, art, masculinity and vulnerability. Hi guys, I hope you are all good and blessed. I'm really excited about this conversation that we're about to have, and I hope you all are too. I am Casey Bailey, the Birmingham Poet Laureate, a writer from Birmingham. And far more importantly than that, I will be talking to Caleb Azuma Nelson. Caleb is a 27-year-old British Ghanaian writer and photographer who's living in South East London. His photography has been shortlisted for the Palm Poetry Prize and won the People's Choice Award. And his short story, Prey, is shortlisted for the BBC National Short Story Award 2020. Open Water, which we will be discussing today, is his debut novel. Caleb, how are you? I'm good, bro. I'm good. How are you keeping? I'm blessed. I can't complain. It's a real privilege to be having this conversation, really. The first thing I want to talk about and really get into is around the reception of the book. I first became aware of the book. I was on a podcast with Yomi Sode and Q from Dope Readers, who I'm, I'm guessing you're aware of. And Q had done a feature on the Dope Readers Instagram page where he'd taken the book Open Water out into the water and took this like amazing photograph. And at the time, it was the first I'd heard of the book. And I thought, what a big response, like what a outlandish response to this book. And actually, it was just kind of like the seed of all of the response to this book, because it has really taken the literary world by storm. And people are talking about it and can't stop talking about it. And the first thing I really want to ask is, how has that been for you as the author? First of all, congratulations on writing the book then congratulations on the book being published, and then this response. How is that feeling for you? It's really something, especially in the, the like current climate of the world, to, to have this sort of response and to really have the, the energy that I spent a good amount of time putting into <laughs> the work, like reciprocated. Like, you know, you can really feel it when someone feels like the emotions and the feelings that, yeah. that I, like, I put into the book. Like, you, when someone really feels the texture and they reply and they're like, yeah, like I, that was something that I, that I felt without even being prompted that like, yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I think is, mm-hmm. uh, I think gratitude is the thing I'm, I'm overwhelmingly been feeling. Were you taken aback by how broad that response was? It's definitely deserved, but we, I'm sure you know that sometimes you feel like something is going to get that response and it doesn't quite, you know, how does it feel getting that kind of wow, yeah, this has been heard the way that I heard it when I came up with it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like having, you know, like I can, I can really see the moment when I first started putting pen to page and I'm like in the similar process for like my, for my next work. And it's like having this going on at the same time kind of, it's such like a, it's such a wonderful reminder of like where the work starts and it is, it's the page. It's like us being mm. present and really like bringing ourselves to the page and being vulnerable and being disciplined. Uh, yeah, like it really has shown that there was, I, I guess there was a moment where, when I was writing Open Water, where like, 
I, I like quit my job and that was the only thing I was doing. Like I really like gambled and really was like, I need you to trust yourself in this moment because, mm. because what you need to say right now is it needs to be said, it needs to be expressed. I don't know. It's not that I expected that, that there would be this sort of reception, but for me, like the writing of the thing was, was, was the prize. Like I was reading this book last week um, and there was a sentence in it that I don't think I'll ever forget. And the guy said, love is both the practice and the prize. And I think like mm. this was like a real like act of, of love, like everything I write feels like an act of love and, and like the prize is the practice. I'm kind of like obsessed with process and how we process things, how we process our emotions, how we process, you know, so many heavy themes are dealt with in the book and you could have dealt with them through photography, I'm sure you probably have. You could have dealt with them through poetry, through theatre. Why, why do you feel like this particular thing came out of the novel had you always had this idea of writing a novel or did something make that happen i think i you know through the different art forms that i straddle i always think of myself as a writer first despite the fact that language can be so limiting and like we often i know you know this but often find ourselves like trying to like bend language to to our whim it's something that like i i think i'll be doing i'll forever just be trying to get closer to the true expression of how i'm actually feeling I think when, when I started writing Open Water, I just connected with my literary agent and she, I'd come to her with nonfiction, actually. Like I was writing a lot of nonfiction about photography and music and about love. And I was just, yeah, I was really, I was just consistently um, writing. And I, and she was the one who was like, I think you have the voice for a novel. I think that you could write a novel. And it was something that I'd always wanted to do. And I think it was, it was that moment where I was like, okay, I can do this. It was also that moment where I asked myself what, I want to write a novel, but what could the novel be? Like, what could it contain? Like, I know that some of my favourite work is very subversive or that it, it kind of straddles different lines. Like, it could be a novel, it could be verse, it, it could be like free write, it could be prose. Um, and so that was a question I was asking myself. I was like, what do you, what do you want this to be? Because right now it could be anything. Like, the possibilities are, are infinite which is really scary, but <laughs> it was terrifying. But I think that affording myself that sense of freedom of being, of saying like, this could be anything. So lean into it. But no matter what happens, like the most important thing for you to do is to, is to try and express something honestly. For me, as long as I was doing that, I've done the work that I needed to do. And so, yeah, that was, that was like a, like Open Water was written really quickly. It was written over the course of like the summer of 2019. So between May and September. Wow. And it came out in like one short, like sharp burst. And it was because I was like, you know, I had all this room to play with. Like it, it didn't mm. feel like work. I was like, okay, like I'm really, I can do this. I'm doing this. Wow. That's amazing. So, you know, you quoted a book and I want to quote your book because I think there's something really interesting. I think this was maybe a point in the book. So I read the book originally when I, when I saw Cues uh, post out to order the book and then I've read it again since in preparation for this and this kind of quote stood out to me you can't live in a vacuum and when you let people in you make yourself vulnerable they're able to have an effect on you if that makes sense and that quote is the photographer talking about his art and what it means when you kind of have this label as an artist like you're a photographer now and you are a novelist now and was there an aspect in that writing that was that was autobiographical around what you were actually doing at the time. I think there's definitely, like, there's so much. Of, it feels so personal, the work. Mm -hmm. Like, the events aren't autobiographical, but so many of the feelings that I was trying to 
explore and express were like, okay, like this is something that I really know. And that, that's actually like, that was my process. It was like, okay, like what's the feeling that we're trying to express? Like maybe it was like a conversation that happened or maybe it was like something specific that happened that made you feel a certain way. And then I would work backwards from there. So I would like, I would kind of construct fictional events around those feelings. And it meant that not only was I like in really like inserting myself in like between the lines of the work, but I was having to ask myself continually to be as vulnerable as possible because mm. because it was me, like it, it is me. Um, and it is it's also like a future version of myself. Like I was really like writing into possibilities. Like I was like, what could, yeah, like what could happen here? What, I know I felt this, but what could I feel? And I think there's an element there of, I know this is true for me and I, and I wonder if it's true for you for, and, and I feel like it's touched on in the book, for many of us who kind of consider ourselves artists or have this idea of art being an artist thrust upon us, the first time we actually allow ourselves to be vulnerable is through that art form. So, you know, I was, I was vulnerable with a pen and a paper far before I would tell somebody the things I was writing in poetry. And maybe sometimes people would hear a poem or read a poem and look at me differently because I couldn't say this to you. But if you were to read the poem that I just wrote over there, you would see something in me yeah, yeah. that you can't really see. And I feel like, I'm sure you probably did a lot of that within this book. What was that like? And, and how has that affected any kind of interactions or relationships you have with people? Do you feel like people see you differently based on the vulnerability that you've displayed here? I think there's like a, there's an expectation of that level of vulnerability all the time. And it's like, I, like it's, you can't, <laughs> it's just not even <laughs> like being that raw and just like walking around like, I think for me, I'm like one of my best selves when I'm, when I'm at my desk, when, I'm, when, I'm, when I have a pen in my hand, because even if I don't get to it straight away, I know I'm going to get to a point that I'm, that I'm trying to make or something that I'm trying to express. But in the moment when you're in a conversation with someone, you don't get that opportunity. Like you're kind mm -hmm. of, if someone asks you a question, like they're not going to wait like a few days for you to come back to something. It's like, I need to, like, I asked you something. I need this, I need this now. Um, in a way, it's, it's encouraged me to slow down and to actually mm. ask when I'm asked something or when my own vulnerability is necessary, like, is necessary in my day-to-day -to, -day to really take the time to try and reach that place. Like, to actually say, like, if something is asked of me, like, like, I will get to you, but I don't have that, like, right now. And, yeah, that, the... Like understanding that I have that choice and that I have the power to be like, okay, well, you know, like I know I can get there, but like I just need a little bit. That's been really transformative for me and very freeing. But I will say that because the work is so personal and people don't know you kind of like expect a little bit more. And it's, it's strange to also be in that sort of realm when you're doing like press and publicity like, on, like quite yeah. continuously. And so you're like, you're having to be vulnerable in those spaces because you want to be, you want to be honest. And like, I like to think that like, I'm being generous when I'm, when I'm doing these things, when I'm doing interviews. Yeah, it's, a, it's just, a, it's something to get used to, I think. And it's, but I think it is only beneficial. So much of the language is so poetic. It, this is, this is something that, that drives me wild with like jealousy and rage because every now and then I read I came into reading, reading novels, uh, and, and then I started kind of reading poetry and writing poetry. And every now and then I read a novel or a longer piece of work, and there are just touches of just 
stunning poetry that just feel like they could have been snatched from, you know, 14 lines of beautiful poetry. And they're in the middle of this like swathe of text. And also like the techniques that you use. So there's a there's a a quote where in part of the story it says you were careful not to breach the border, except you both knew something had opened. And then slightly later, when, when the female character's boyfriend has arrived, you use the exact same language, but you say you were careful not to breach the border, except you all knew that something had been opened. And there's that repetition that we often wouldn't see in, in kind of um, what we might see as like traditional novels, mm-hmm. where, you know, you've told that part of the story and you're moving on. Mm-hmm. There's this real beautiful like poetry that loops back to what's been said. And how much of that were you really conscious of when you were writing and how much of that was just you just flowing? It was a very conscious thing to have that technique running through the work. But once that's like there, you can't, for me at least, you can't really control it. You have to surrender to yourself and understand like what, what needs to emerge and what needs to be repeated and what needs to be revisited for me it wasn't so much repetition but it was revisiting i'm so intrigued in this idea of you know i, I know we're both big music heads and i'm so intrigued <laughs> by this idea of like the loop and like how like jazz hip-hop like any real form of like of black music like you're you could be just hearing like a loop of of an of an instrument like constantly mm. for for three or four minutes but each time that you have that repetition it's like you're revisiting something but even though it's the same that something has changed and more often than not it's you that has changed because you're not yeah. the same from moment to moment and so I was like okay like well you know if I if, even if I'm revisiting this sentence five sentences later you as the reader have changed and I have the writer has changed between that pe- that point there and mm. and the narrative has changed as well so that sentence takes on a completely different meaning yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think so much of, so much of our, like, daily rhythms are repetition, are revisiting, mm-hmm. like it's, and so for me it was just like, how can I use this as a technique to move along the narrative? Because there's not an enormous amount of plot. There's, like, a whole lot of feedback, but there's, there's not an enormous amount of plot. And so I was just like, okay, like, what will keep this rhythm going? What will keep this narrative moving? It was something I was sort of, like, testing out beforehand. And since as well, like, I see how... The technique, at least for me, Touchwood has has become like a bit more refined and and has like grown and developed. But it's, yeah, it's just something I think I'll always be be interested in. It's written in second person, mm. which has this kind of real urgency to it. It's written often in really quite short chapters. Were they conscious choices, or I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they are. But what was the, the driver for them? So the second person choice was like a real. It felt like the only way that this book specifically was going to work because of the level of intimacy required i think it would have been possible when the first person or the first person but like the second person really allowed me to push the reader as close to the narrative as possible you know like if you're reading in the second person and you are you're like you read out a question in the text you are then in that moment both a reader and a protagonist like you're asking yourself that question and so, yeah, you're as, you're as close as you could possibly get. And I think having those chapters short, one of the things actually I told my, I told my agent when I first signed with her, I was like, oh, I would love to write a book that reads like an album of music that reads like a hip hop album. And like, I wanted to have these, like, what felt like, I'm a big fan of, um, of Earl Sweatshirt and his songs mm-hmm. are like, tiny. They're like, 
minute 30, two minutes long. Yep. And I was like really like conscious of like employing brevity and, and wondering how I could get to the point in the quickest way, but also in the most effective way. There's a quote right at the beginning, I'll see if I can find it, which is a paraphrase of his, wor- of his words. Oh yeah, ask if flexing is being able to say the most in the fewest number of words, is there a greater flex than love? And for, like, it was, I actually, like there was an interview where he was talking about like really stepping into his technique as a writer um, and understanding that it wasn't always necessary to have the nine minute cut for him to get, for him to get a point across. And he was like, sometimes it is, but most of the time it doesn't take me long for me to say, this is how I feel. And I think that was, for me, like the pulse, both of this book and of my work generally is, how do I feel? And how can I relay that to my readers? Everything else after that is, is a bonus. How much does your photography and your visual work feed into what you do as a writer? And how much does your writing feed into what you do as a photographer? Like how, how much are the two lines kind of blurring when you're working? This was like the um, open, writing open water was like the marriage of my two kind of artistic expressions. Because I think if you asked me before, I was, I was trying to cross the line. I was trying to tone these lines. I was trying to bring them together. And I think that writing this really enabled me to like step into my strengths as someone who primarily sees first before I open them out. And I'm always thinking about what can I see, but also what can't I see when I see something. Like I'm always thinking about both presence and absence than what narrative the absence tells us. And so when I was writing this and, and something I've noticed consequently is that so often I see, I, I'll have like a snapshot of like dialogue or like, a, or like I'll have some, I'll like be like, okay, well, maybe they're in a pub or a couple of characters are sitting in a park or people are driving and I'll, I'll have this real, suddenly this real like strong mental image begins to assemble itself and begins to form. And then I have this snapshot. I just have this, I have this singular moment where I'm like, okay, well, this is the moment I'm writing about. What are the possibilities that I can afford to these people in this moment? Like, who are they? How did they come here? And where do they want to go from here? And also, where do most, like, where do they need to go from here? Because the want is different from a need. And I think so often, the need is like a is right in the depths of us is is right at the bottom of our interiors and like it takes a lot of scavenging it takes a lot of excavation work to get to what is the need what's the true desire um and so i think in that way like so much of so much of my work like both photography and writing is about is about desire of a kind it's it's like what what do we want what do we need um and i think especially thinking about like my photography is mostly portraiture it's mostly portraiture of, of black people and i i don't really direct uh people in front of my lens too much um but i often am like what space can i afford you to be yourself in this moment what space can i can i afford you to be like okay like this is who i am and this is what i desire this is this is what i want from this life that i've been given those are things that really push my work as a writer and a photographer. There is this theme that runs through the book of belonging and kind of um, and, and, and thinking about where we belong or where we don't belong. And there's a level of responsibility in writing a book like this, or, or at least I think we feel like there is. 
And so often we see portrayals of blackness, portrayals of black love, portrayals of black males, black females. So often we see these portrayals and it's easy to look at them and think, what's wrong with it? Or I wish you hadn't done that like that. And I read things about black people and about black love. I read it with quite a critical lens and quite like, "Mm, I wish you hadn't. You didn't need to say that or you didn't need to quantify that with that. And it just doesn't, it's just not there. Like I'm reading this book and it's just not there. It just feels like, yeah, I know that point. I know that feeling. Nailed that. I get that. And the bits that I don't feel like are me, I know they are someone. I know like it's not, it hasn't been forced in. It hasn't been shoehorned to fake anything. It hasn't been shoehorned to subvert anything. It's just like, this this is the experience that these two people are going through. And it feels so authentic. Was it something that you were conscious of that, you know, the, the, the way that these things can be received or did you just write it? How, how it, you know, how much balance was there there between those two? One of the things I was really conscious of was that whenever I'm writing, I want it to be that like I don't have to say anything else afterwards. Whether I'm writing a novel or a short story or, or an essay, like if that's the thing that we end on, it's like I'm good. Like I, like I want to feel like, okay, well, like I left, I left this here. And this was very intentional. Um, I think specifically with this novel, I was like, okay, well, what do you need to say? And actually something that I've been re- recently, I've been reframing it because before writing this, I didn't know if I would write another novel. Like I knew I would write this, but I didn't know if I'd write anything else. And so like I left, I felt like I left everything on the page with open water. But recently I've been thinking it's, it wasn't so much like, what do you need to say? But the question was, what do you need to start saying? Because like this, this really for me feels like the beginning of a journey and the beginning of questions that will continue to be asked in my work and will continue to grow and continue to be developed as I grow as a person and as a writer. Um, but there was, yeah, there was real intention here in that singular moment. And I'm sure it will be the same feeling I have when I when I like start writing what I'm writing next, um, it would be like, what do I need to say? And are you okay with leaving this here? Like drawing a line under this. Um, with, with open water, I was like, I understand. And I think this is actually where, like, my, where, the, where the photography practice really helped. When, cause you, you know, when you see an image or, you like, or you're told a story, there's an element of truth that's being expressed. Right? Like, you know, depending on who's holding the camera and who or who's speaking. Um, and then someone else might take a, a different image of the same thing or might tell the same story from a different lens. But it doesn't make either of those expressions any less honest. And for me, I was like, how, I was less interested in truth and more like, how honest can I be here? Or how honest can these people be here? Um, this, these lives that I'm inhabiting, like how, how honest can I be? How like vulnerable can I be? And, and where is the place where it might not be possible for that vulnerability to be expressed? Because so often in our lives and on many occasions in this book, the words fail to express how someone's actually feeling or fail to express that they don't feel like they can actually express what they're feeling. They don't feel like they have those words. Um, and that, yeah, that for me was just like, that was such a, like an intriguing idea. Like what, 
what can what can I say but also like what can I what can I hold back in what is this sort of relationship what what happens in in that bit between presence and absence yeah and I, I think I think within within the novel there's definitely the feeling of you know what the question that kind of drives through is what happens or what are the things that stop us from being vulnerable and it feels like that then opens the door as we get towards the end of the novel and, and the realisation of the, the need to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. to connect. And sometimes what we feel like is the connection before the vulnerability becomes something very different afterwards. But then it kind of leaves us with, now what happens if you are vulnerable? And that's a very different question. And, and there's a whole kind of world of possibilities in it, which I'm personally hoping that I get the answers from you because, boy, uh, <laughs> I need more of this. Within that kind of framework around vulnerability, how much of, of you doing that did you feel was going to inform the way people look at themselves and look at things? Were you conscious of the fact that, you know, I've, I've read that book and there are things in it and, and I've, I wonder what, would, what that book would have done to me if I'd have read it 10 years ago because 10 years ago I was in it, you know, 10 years ago, you know, and I wonder how I would have managed that. And now reading it, um, I kind of, I, I, I just can feel like, oh, yeah, I get that. And that's good. It's good to feel like, yeah, I understand that. But there were still points in it where I could see uh, myself there. And there's something about the you, something about the second person, which like at points it has like a not, in a, not in a harsh way, but it has like an accusatory tone. It has like a, you said this, or you did that, or you didn't allow this to happen. And, and I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying yeah, to work that out. Like, um, <laughs> How much of that do you think, you know, are you, were you aware that people might read this and actually go, yeah, I do need to think about that or that is something I need to consider? Uh, how much of that do you think would inform people's lives, really? It's funny because before the work makes its way into, into like the public forum, the work is for me. It's mm-hmm. Primarily it's just like, that like sort of accusatory tone was for me. It was like, <laughs> I need you to confront yourself right now. Like that was really what that was. And, and so much of this work was, was very emotional and was very, was very difficult to, to pull out of myself because there was this level of, of self-confrontation where I was like, mm. you know, there's no, there's, when you're in, when you're in that rhythm and you're like, you know, five, 10,000 words in, like there's nowhere to hide like at that point you are just it's just you like you're very bare. like you're coming to the page like I didn't I didn't have any plans for this book like each morning I would be faced with a blank page and I'd be like I need you to write something today <laughs> I just need you, to, I need you to get something out today um but that like that blank page really it really did something it really it really was like okay like this is space for you and not everything, like, of course, like, not everything made it to the final cut. But mm-hmm. of, of that, like, summer period, I would say that, like, 90% of open water remains. And, it, and so it was, like, a very, like, it was a very organic process. And it was very much like, you're like, I need you to, I need you to confront yourself. And I need you to trust yourself with the things that you don't always know how to say. Um, I need you to try it because that's, that's really the only thing that, that we can do. Um, 
And it was only really when the book started making its way out into the world that I'd un- that I began to understand what it could mean for someone else to to read this and to say them to themselves. Perhaps I too might need to confront some things, and perhaps I too might need a period where I need to just trust myself, um, and perhaps I too might just need to try. Um, yeah, it's it's really humbling. It's very like, there's no, yeah, there's, there's no sort of like, you know, we were joking the other day in this WhatsApp group. There's no training for this. There's no yes. way of understanding what this, what this can do. But I will say like, it's, it is very, very humbling to have people reach out to you from everywhere that look so vastly different um, and say like what effect something that you have pulled out of yourself has had on them yeah and i think what what is uh beautiful about this book is whilst there is this real lens on blackness on on kind of south south east london as well it's not just like <laughs> it's not just blackness it's a real kind of this is what it is in in, in the ends in this kind of environment but there's also so much about it that's universal would you maybe read a little excerpt from the book? Yeah, for sure. You say, the sky has erupted and there's white ash on the ground. The dog has never seen snow before. It alternates between bounding across the icy plains and staying stock still, aside from the tiny shake in its hind legs. Your grandma had never seen snow until the year you were born, while she awaited your arrival and those tender flakes fell in a furious storm, clumping on the ground. She got on her knees and began to pray for herself, her daughter, an unborn grandchild. On the same day, your mother was on the top deck of a bus, cowering as the man waved a gun and she emerged unscathed. You're not religious, but when you hear stories like that, it makes a man want to believe. You imagine your grandma in fervor, praying for your body barely formed, your spirit in gestation. Now her body is falling apart, or rather, has already fallen. Her spirit is everywhere. You don't know if you'll ever return and see where she's been laid to rest. But on this occasion, you do not have the strength. You're not religious, but you're praying for your own mother and father as they make their journey back to Ghana, back home. Your knees are on hard wooden floor, prostrating at the foot of your own desires, when a dog nudges you in the back. The dog has never seen snow before. The sheet above is cloudless, lacking in form and detail. Have you ever looked at the sky at night after it snowed? Orange glow, light caught between somewhere. Makes you want to reach up and touch. So sometimes you pray. If prayer is mostly desire from the inner self, then you're praying for a safe trip for her. Caleb, I just have to say thank you. I do want to ask one more question. Uh, And I'm going to ask you to keep it brief. So this is horrible. Remember what we said about wishing you had the opportunity to think these things over. as you said, there's no manual to this. There's no like, there's no how-to guide to do what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So you become the how-to guide. So if anybody is watching this now thinking, how do I, or, or, or what's the thing that, that 
you can tell me to to further me in my journey to do this what would you say that is feel everything feel the terror feel <laughs> like the real joy feel like the real kind of like the moments that really grip us and really shape us and feel the moments that really like border on ecstasy and and just trust yourself with all that and trust that it's 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 okay for you to want to go to those places to express life well on that note i want to thank you very much if you are listening to this watching this and you haven't read open water yet i am currently judging you i do want you to take that personally and i do expect you to do something about it not for me for yourself you can thank me later i'm going to thank caleb for being here with us uh, and that's all we've got time for guys thank you very much for tuning in caleb thank you thank you Daisy. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Birmingham Lit Fest Presents podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to tell us about it. Leave us a review or a rating and find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at BehamLitFest. You can download our latest podcast episodes every Thursday from all the places you would normally get your podcasts and find transcripts of our episodes in the show notes. The Birmingham Lit Fest Presents podcast is produced by 11C and Birmingham Podcast Studios for Writing West Midlands.